Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm all right. I've uh, had quite a busy day, quite a busy few weeks, as is always the case. But yeah, I'm all right. Had a bank holiday weekend, so mustn't grumble. How are you? Yeah. Um, Also, I feel like we ask each other how we are and we always say busy. We always give the same answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The old standard answer. But at least Um, we're honest. Hopefully one day we we will answer the question and say we're not busy or... I don't know. So I know that part of your weekend was spent playing the game that we are going to be discussing today, was it not? Yes. Somewhat. So speaking of that game, the game that we are playing today is the game that we promised you last week and we did not deliver. Um, Yes. Uh, The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker comes in at number 29 on the Metacritic list with a score of 96 was released on the Nintendo GameCube in the year 2003. Um, Okay, as always, uh, do you have any history with this game? A little bit. So every time we do a Zelda game, I kind of retell the same story that I've played a few Zelda games in the past, never really finished them up until we started doing this podcast. I've now completed Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and, and, and now Wind Waker. And... Wind Waker was one of those games. I never owned a GameCube in the early noughties, so it wasn't a game that I got to play when it came out. But it was something that I thought looked quite cool because it was quite different to a lot of other games at the time. Maybe not massively different from Nintendo because Nintendo, you know, a lot of their stuff, particularly back then, was advertised for kids. But it wasn't something I played. And then in 2013, I think, I got a Wii U and I got Wind Waker HD remaster for that. And I got to the uh, the Deku uh, the Deku tree section and then I stopped playing, as I do with every Zelda game that I ever pick up. So I've played it up until a point before, but never got further than the, the second dungeon, I suppose. Or third dungeon, right. if you want to count the the Forbidden Fortress at the start. So yeah, I, I think that you've got quite a bit more experience with this game, there, haven't you? I do. Um, I remember uh, leading up to the release of Wind Waker. This was when I used to read uh, gaming magazines, and I'd, I'd uh, follow the coverage of Wind Waker. And I remember my mum's friend got Wind Waker a, a short time before I got it. And I borrowed it from her, and yeah, I, I mean, I still really like the opening to this game. Mm. And back then, I, uh, I played the opening and then had to return the game. And uh, probably a couple of weeks to a month later, got my copy, and I was, I was, I mean, so this was, I would have been uh, twelve or thirteen, and I was uh, really looking forward to this when it came out, and. Yeah, I've got mixed to positive feelings about Wind Waker and those feelings have not really changed. I think I was very hyped up before I played it and I I think there are some very strong aspects to this game but I also think um, there are some things that um, drag it kicking and screaming back down. I get the feeling that with Wind Waker, a lot of people had very high expectations for it because it came off the back of Ocarina and Majora's Mask and I know that there was a lot of kickback at the time regarding the art style because people were expecting it to look um, well, similar slash better than, than Ocarina and, and Majora and have a similar art style. But obviously the art style completely changed on this game and I feel that that drags it down quite a bit in terms of the general opinion of this game when it came out at the time. It didn't do as well as it could have done maybe. But yeah, that I, being said, I, I feel it's become there. like a bit of a... Not not a cult cult hit, but it it's it's become popular years later. You know, I feel like the conversation has switched. So yeah, there was it certainly was divisive at the time, and 
you, you could read articles um, in magazines and I suppose on early online then, um, people complaining about the art style of this game. And now I think we're probably a bit more accustomed to, to different art styles and it's kind of had a resurgence and not many people complain about the art style now and instead um, some of the games that came out at the same time are criticised when they were they looked amazing at the time and Wind Waker still looks amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a funny one. I mean, I, 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 I really quite like the art style and I think... Me too. When you... When you first pick up the game and you see the little details, I always remember the kid that runs around with like the snot running. The snot, yeah, it's gross. Nose and just, yeah. But it's just, who thought of that? And if you, later on, you, you visit Outset Island uh, during the night and if you go into the house where that little boy is sleeping, you see him sleeping on the bed and he's got snot bubbles coming out of his nose. So Gross. I didn't think we'd go there at the beginning of the podcast, but here we are. There you go. It's not topic. So, so you mentioned you played the uh, HD version. Version. How was that for you? It was good. I, I think that I, I know what the the changes are between this and the original GameCube version, and I think that because you you played the same version, didn't you, on the Wii U? And I, did. I think that we probably played the best version available now. I know the differences between the games, and there are some obviously graphical um, upgrades with the with the Wii U copy, but there are also some gameplay things that they've tweaked in there, which I think are for the better from what I've read. But yeah, we we both played the Wii U version for this, and I think it was probably the the better port, I suppose. Yeah, you almost played the GameCube version, didn't you? I did, yeah, just because I don't own a Wii U, uh, but luckily one of my friends. Um, Kenny, he uh, he lent me his, his Wii U, so I've, I've got his Wii U plugged in at the moment. I bought a copy of Wind Waker. So if I if I would have had to have played it on the GameCube, I, I don't think I would have had a problem with that, to be honest with you. But my GameCube hasn't been plugged in for a very long time. So I got to play the better version in HD, so I think that was probably the, the better solution, you know? You'd have loved that Triforce quest in... A- <laughs> In the GameCube original. I don't think I would have from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so as uh, anyone that was listening last week will know that I was having some connection issues um, between my Wii U gamepad and the Wii U itself. So what I did was ordered myself a Pro Controller and after that I had a pretty much flawless experience playing this. Um Whereas I know you had some uh, connection issues, but I think probably not quite as bad as the ones I was having beforehand. Well, I don't know, because it, it would go through periods. So like I'd maybe have like 30 minutes of an interrupted gameplay, and then for like two or three minutes, my controller would just disconnect and reconnect and disconnect and reconnect, and then it would be fine again. So I, I don't know, it sounds similar to what you had, but maybe not as intense. Well, my, mine didn't have periods of time where it was okay it just was literally every Mm. few seconds and it became unbearable so this is why the episode was moved back to this week um okay so as always we're gonna recount the plot um can you uh go over the plot with us yeah so it's it's very actually no it's not too similar to to the other zelda games to be honest with you most of the zelda games follow a relatively similar path i think but this one's a little bit different but you mentioned at the uh, the start of the episode the intro to this game, and I remember it was either in the Link to the Past episode or the Ocarina of Time episode I mentioned the intro to this game because one of my friends um, from drama school, a guy called Chris, I remember when I got my Wii U, he was talking to me about getting this port, and he said that one of his favourite moments in gaming is the the introduction story at the beginning of Wind Waker that tells you the legend of the hero of time and what happened to him. And I I really like that moment as well. It gives you a bit of backstory to where this is. So Wind Waker takes place, would you say like a thousand years after the, the Ocarina of time, about a thousand years. I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure it's in Hyrule Historia. It's, Um, it's a few years after Ocarina of Time's happened and the, the, the hero of time, which is obviously Link in, in Ocarina has, has disappeared. 
and I don't know if that way well, it was to go and find his fairy Navi, wasn't it? And I'm not sure if that links yeah, him with Majora because obviously he disappears into Terminator and that's very up in the air. But yeah, and uh, I, again, Hyrule Historia is very confusing. Yeah, but I'm not sure if that ends that links timeline. If it I th- does, it just kind I of think, sends chills down my spine. I think it does, but I'm pretty sure I'm not a fit. I'm not sure if it's Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess. I think you go back to old Hyrule, don't you? And there's a um, there's a knight that you have to fight, um, and he's all old and decrepit. And apparently, the lore is that that is the hero of time. Were you aware of that? Ah, uh, maybe if it's. Uh... I don't recall it in Skyward Sword. I haven't played Twilight Princess for quite a few I think it years, might be so Twilight Princess. Um, but anyway, getting Skyward Sword tracks. is the beginning anyway. It's the, it's the, it's the, um, I think Skyward Sword is supposed to be the game that sets up everything, so it's probably not that one. Uh, maybe Twilight Princess then. But um, anyway, we get sidetracked. So the game takes place about a thousand years after the, the end of Ocarina of Time. Uh, Ganon's been thwarted and the, the world... Uh, is is peaceful but then the 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 world floods and everything that was there before just gets washed away when it's believed that ganon is stirring again and effectively the the legend of the hero of time is kind of lost and there's a little island in the middle of the ocean called outset island where there's a tradition where when all boys turn the age of 10 they get the the hero's outfit, the hero of time's outfit. So they get the little green tunic and the hat, and that's where you you meet Link. That he is on Outset Island. It's his tenth birthday. He gets his outfit and adventure calls. Effectively, when his sister is uh, kidnapped by this massive bird, when he's trying to save this other girl Tetra, who was also kidnapped, and the the story is effectively of of Link going on a, a journey to to save his sister and being dragged in a, a whole thing to save the world because Ganon is returning. And it's about effectively finding these pearls to gain entrance to the old lands of Hyrule, then finding out that the other girl, Tetra, is actually Princess Zelda, going back into Hyrule once you've collected all the pieces of the, the Triforce and destroying Ganon and living happily ever after. And there are a few sequels to this game i think it's um spirit tracks and another one phantom hourglass uh, yeah phantom hourglass they're direct sequels to wind waker but yeah it's the same but different to the other zelda games really yeah it it doesn't turn the story on its head like majora's mask did no it kind of stays within the same framework but it tells a different story within that framework so um not not necessarily your prototypical Zelda story. Um, I think it differentiates itself enough and has enough character to kind of stand on its own, which I think is good. Yeah, it's very it's very different, isn't it? Whereas when yeah. I look at Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess as someone who hasn't played either of those games, I think they look quite samey. And Wind Twilight Waker... Princess definitely rehashes the story, um, but it does have strengths in other areas. Mm. Um Skyward Sword is is again its own thing. Uh, it's it's really quite unique because as 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 I think it's supposed to be an origin story. Because of that, it kind of deviates from the formula a bit. So it's mm. it's um it's an interesting one. But we're we're not going to get to that one because um it's not on the list, and I don't think I will be including it on my list because although it does some interesting things, I'm not the biggest fan of Skyward Sword to be honest. Okay, so usually here we say, what do you do in it? What do you do in this game? Um, Now, this is a Zelda game, so I thought it'd be more interesting, um, given that this came out a console generation after, as you said, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I thought it'd be interesting to look at or discuss what's changed um, from a gameplay perspective between Majora's Mask, uh, Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker. I mean, from, so do you from, want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, from a gameplay perspective, it hasn't changed that much. It's been improved and it's been tweaked, but you know, you, you've got the the Z targeting is better, the sword play is better, but the the, the gameplay mechanics are 
very similar. It's it's puzzle based. It's it's a lot easier in terms of the puzzles than Majora's Mask and, and, and Ocarina of Time. But in terms of the gameplay, it's pretty much the same. You know, you've got the the hook shot, you've got the, the arrow, you've got the boomerang, uh, you've got the grappling hook this time round, and the, the the big thing in this game, which is different, is the Wind Waker, which compared to Ocarina and, and Majora's Mask, you had the Ocarina in that game, and that version in this is is the Wind Waker, which I didn't really enjoy using. But not me neither. No, it, with the Ocarina, there was a certain charm to it, whereas the Wind Waker. I just found it a little bit. I just I'd, kept messing up. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I, I, I messed really up do. a lot. So, in terms of where it's changed from the other two games, it's improved, but it hasn't changed much. If that makes sense, I don't know what you think it's about more that. Of a, but... a tightening of the formula. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the gameplay itself, I'd say. I'd say um, it, it refines the gameplay of Majora's Mask and. It's probably more playable than it has ever been um, up to this time in 2003. Um, obviously, we've not played the newer games yet, so it does progress further than that. And um, due to the the graphical style with the cell shading, you get this much more comic book style uh, combat system. So every time you land a strike, you get the... Uh, like the sound and, and the, the flash of light and it's uh, very punchy and I think the combat feels very very good but you're right it has been made easier uh, yeah the, the combat in this game I think is very satisfying as well particularly when the music swells up and you, you you're surrounded by a few enemies it is a lot better than the two previous games on uh, on this list so there are, like you, like I say, there are improvements, but like you say, there's no changes really. I suppose the other big, the the one key difference I would say, is the traversal. Now, obviously, in Ocarina of Time, you've got running around, and you can also use Epona. In Majora's Mask, you've got lots of ways to get around because you've got Epona, you've got running around, you've got using the Goron spiky rolling thing, which is brilliant. You've got um, King of Zora Red Lions swimming as Zora. Yeah, so so here, you've uh, you've you've got the boat, which is the King of Red Lions, and you sail, and the map has functionally changed. Whereas in Ocarina and Majora, you've got a field, and everything is kind of laid out around that field. So the field is at the center, and everything is surrounding it. And here you've got an ocean dotted with islands, and I suppose you, your central point would be the Tower of the Gods, um, and everything is kind of laid out around that. But it's in terms of the design and the, and the traversal and the structure, it's quite quite a big change, and I think it does impact the pacing. Um, and bafflingly, you've got omissions such as no more fishing, which you think would be a given in this game. Um, yeah, so some things have changed. It's not. Um, a reimagining or anything like that it's uh, I'd say it's more of a refinement um, some things have been lost and some things um, you could say not necessarily improved but I suppose we'll get into that it feels so, a lot more experimental yeah um, so so you, you mentioned the combat feeling good so I think that's a, a perfect lead into our ever-present feature gameplay is king so is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker fun to play? Yeah, it's fun. It is frustrating to some element, but not because it's difficult. There's just something about it that's inherently frustrating to me. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But on the whole, it's fun. I think it's more fun to play. Definitely more fun than Ocarina of Time. Maybe not quite as fun as Majora's Mask, even though... Ocarina and Majora are somewhat effectively the same game. But yeah, I'd say so. What do you think? I think the moment-to-moment gameplay is probably the best that it's been. Um, when you're when you're fighting, when you're running around, it just feels good to run around and to roll around. Yeah, it does. So the actual... Do you remember when we, we played Ninja Gaiden and I said uh, like the movement and the uh, the animation and that just felt great 
Um, but sometimes the world around you didn't quite live up to that. Mm. I kind of feel a bit like that here. Link feels better than he's ever felt to control. Um, but sometimes you're not really given the things that you want to see to actually, I suppose, push that gameplay and to really use that gameplay. Um, so it does feel good to play, but I suppose the overarching story slash um, dungeons, um, traveling across the world, the adventure, maybe falls a bit short for me. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. And I said it to you um, yesterday or the day before that this game... It, I wanted to like it more than I did. Um, yeah, I that really struck me when you said that. I, I found that interesting. I think it's a very interesting way to put it. Well, the the thing is, like, I had experience with Ocarina of Time and some with Majora's Mask, and like very little with with Wind Waker. But Wind Waker's always looked like the most interesting of the the games to me. I think because it looks so different and because it looks so bright and colorful and fun and there's so many cool elements to it you know you've got how expressive link is in this game which i love and the the music and the sound and the humor of it but there's just something in it that pulls it down quite a lot for me and i can't put my finger on what it is because like, i had a feeling this one would probably be my favorite of the the ones we've played yeah, so far, I got, I got that impression from you speaking to you beforehand as well. Yeah, um, and I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get into that, but I mean, on yeah. on the on the scale of like general, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I think it's just it's it's a weird one to pin down. And do you have a favourite move that you like to use? Um, favourite item, favourite weapon. I quite like the boomerang. Um, I, I like how using the boomerang in this game with the, the gyroscope on the Wii U controller handled. Like gyroscope controls, particularly from the Wii U, weren't always great, but I think the gyro was done okay in this game. And I thought that the gyroscope and those elements work quite well. There were times when I was playing it where the gyroscope just was not working, like... Um, when you fight the the first boss in Dragon Roost Cave, where you have to keep flying over his head yeah. on the dragon's tail, um, I was my controller was absolutely having a fit. But I'd say using the boomerang, the gyroscope, and again the combat, that the sword play in this game is really satisfying. So I'd probably say that as my answer. What about yourself? I think there's one move in this game that is a bit of a game changer and feels great to use and isn't in all the Zelda games, curiously, uh, from this point onwards, which you'd think it would be, but maybe because it makes the game a bit too easy. Um, that's the counter-attack. So when an enemy is about to strike you, if you tap A at the right button, Link will perform a counter-attack. And the animation and the feel of these counter-attacks is great. So sometimes Link will jump over their heads and strike them uh, yeah. from above. Sometimes he'll roll around the back and strike them from behind. Um, and there's a few other variations, I think, as well. Um, but the counter-attack is great. And it, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm guessing that it, it kind of makes some of the bosses a bit easy, like the um, the Iron Knuckles when you're fighting them. Um, yeah, it, getting their armor off them feels quite easy um, because you've got this counter-attack. Uh, yeah, but it does feel good, so... so Maybe they could have incorporated that in a different way in other games. Mm. Um, yeah, so I like the counter-attack. I think that's a bit of a game-changer here. Now, we've talked a little bit about the, the design already, um, about the map layout and so on. Um, what were your impressions of the dungeons in this game? I found them quite frustrating, to be honest. Like The, the, the first... The, it's difficult because they were easier than the ones in the previous games. But at the same time... I found them a bit more frustrating. I don't know, because with Ocarina of Time, I used a guide to get through a majority of the the, the the temples, so it was relatively fast work, but I knew that they were difficult and I knew that they were frustrating. With Majora's Mask, I did a fair bit of it on my own, but I used a guide sometimes. On this game, I didn't use a guide at all. And with the first one, Dragon Roost's Cavern, really simple, like really straightforward, obvious. And as you go through, it gets a little bit more complicated and 
I think that that my favourite one was the uh, I can't remember the third temple after you've done the um, Tower of the Gods. Yeah, the Tower of the Gods. I thought that one was yeah, cool. Yeah, that is also my favourite because you get to use the boat a little bit as well. So it kind of you know, it's the only one that feels truly unique to me. Like I said to you, I've completed Wind Waker twice before. I've not played it for some time. It's the first time I've completed the HD version. Yeah. But I could not remember the dungeons. Um, and I think that says something about the dungeons. Whereas I can very easily remember the dungeons in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and uh, Twilight Princess, for example. I have more of a difficult time remembering the Skyward Sword dungeons, although I do remember snippets of them. And I think it says something about them. Um, it doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're good. It it means that to me for whatever reason they're not very memorable and i think with um dragon roost and the forest haven and um less so with the wind temple and the earth temple because they are a bit different but with those two certainly they just feel like typical zelda dungeons like your equivalent to a forest temple yeah or a definitely fire temple. Well, there are um, there, there are throwbacks in this game as well aren't they so like the um the sprites that hang around the Deku tree, what what are they called? The Koroks. The Koroks. So I think it's widely believed that the the Koroks in this game are the the fairies from the Kokiri forest from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, they're the Kokiri children. Yeah. They're supposed to be. Which is somewhat quite haunting, but at the same time, I think quite a cool little aspect. And there are lots of throwbacks in this game to Ocarina of Time and a lot of references to it, obviously because of the story and the hero of time. But I think that was done quite well in this game because it had such big expectations to live up to because I I know you probably wouldn't agree, but I don't see Majora's Mask as a mainline Zelda title. It is, and I know that it is, but because... It's so different from everything else. I kind of see it as like a bit of an alternate thing. It's a bit of an offshoot. And, yeah. And it doesn't tie nicely within the main storyline, except no. it's a sequel to Ocarina of Time. And it feels like Wind Waker is the the heir apparent to Ocarina of Time. And, and Majora's Mask is kind of sidestepped a little bit. So it feels to me that there was a lot riding on this game because it felt like this was the successor to Ocarina of Time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it was the next step in the story and I think also landing with a new console. There was, I think there was a lot of um, hype and a lot of probably pressure um, coming into this game. Um, The other interesting thing that I read beforehand, I don't know if someone, I don't know if it was something that I watched. Um... The first two temples, as you said, they're very easy. So you've got Dragon Roost and the Forest Haven. Now, typically in a Zelda game, your first three temples are almost like your introductory temples. Yeah. And they are easier. I mean, if you think of Ocarina of Time, you've got the first three, then you've got Adult Link, and you've got the six after that. Um, But because there seems to be some stuff missing in this game, which we'll get to later... Um, like, for example, the third dungeon slash temple is entirely missing. Um, the pacing is kind of spoilt a bit. And I think there were meant to be more dungeons. Again, we'll get to that later. Um, so there are five... I would say there are five pure dungeons in total. I wouldn't count... Personally, I wouldn't count the Forsaken Fortress. No. Or uh, Ganon's Tower. I think... They're different. They're kind of their own things. Um, whereas the five... Uh, dungeons that we do have because you don't have that progression you don't have the introductory three and then the follow-on six and you've got the 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 tower of the gods sort of in the middle somewhere um you don't have that progression in difficulty and complexity so it kind of just jumps and i think that kind of makes it feel a bit off um that's that's the only word that i can use yeah the pacing I agree because the pacing in this game is off and I think it's probably one of the biggest problems that I have with it is that the other games it was kind of go off do the go and do the the temples in in whatever order that you want really and 
yeah, just go and play the game. Whereas with this one, it was, yeah, go and play the game as we want you to play it. But also there isn't that much to do. Like there's this massive great big ocean and granted I didn't explore all of it and I know there is so much to this game in terms of, you know, each, well, a majority of the, the islands and the reefs have something going on and, you know, there are there are cool little side stories in this game. Like when you go back to, to Outset Island uh, on the unending night and um, you go and see your grandma and she's all messed up and she's not quite the same since you've left. But then you go out and come back and, and give her, I can't remember what it is you give her, and then she goes back to normal. Fairy. Like, yeah. there are some really nice moments in this game, and that one that I just described there reminds me of the, um, even though I didn't play it, the the side quest in Majora's Mask with the, the lovers, it sounds like there's a lot of heart to it. And yeah. Zelda games, I feel have a lot of heart injected into them which this game does and like I said Link is so expressive and there's a really cool story around him and a really cool energy around the characters but it's just missing something and I believe and I, I, I imagine you've got this noted that so we'll probably come to it that th this game was rushed towards the end and they, they weren't given all of the time to finish development on it before it had to be released and I think it suffers for that because Although it is a full Zelda game, again, it doesn't really feel like a whole experience like Ocarina of Time did and like Majora's Mask did. Yeah, pacing is everything. In a film, pacing is everything. Yeah. In a game, pacing is everything. So, uh, did do you, have you ever played a game where you get to what you think is the climax and then you realise you've got another 10 hours yeah. of the game to play yeah. and it just completely demotivates you? Yeah, that's poor pacing in my opinion um, and I think here the problem is because it is missing aspects um, it doesn't tell a flowing story and the, uh, the the arc of the game is a bit off so it, the peaks and troughs are not in the right place that they should be um, and the climax is really good but it doesn't especially after that Triforce fetch quest which is what it is it doesn't feel earned. It just feels, I don't know, like, like you've been through some grueling thing to get there. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of um, a lot of this game feels tedious. There's a lot of tedium to this game and a lot of... The, like, there aren't any... Well, there aren't really any loading screens, but that is then substituted for the amount of sailing that you have to do. And, like, yeah. it is so long. Like, at the beginning, and particularly when you get the, the big sail it gets a little bit easier to, to manage, but even so the sailing in this game is extensive and there's probably too much of it. And it really does break up the game a bit and not in a good way. And in the original game, there was no, um, no. swift sail. So you just had the, the, the normal sail and you relied on the wind being in the right direction using the wind waker. Whereas with the swift sail, it directs the wind for you. So, I mean that, and then, with the Triforce quest at the end in, in the original, um, you had to get charts for every single Triforce piece. Yeah. Whereas in uh, Wind Waker HD, they give you straight up the locations of five of them. So that makes that... I mean, that quest is a lot more streamlined, but it still took me, I was timing this, almost three hours to do. Yeah, so... so yeah, it's a lot to do on just sailing around and, and picking up bits before you can com complete the game, especially when you've completed the last proper dungeon close to three hours ago. It just, again, it doesn't help the pacing. No. I don't really know how they, they would have fixed that because um, I don't think any amount of HD remastering would have fixed the pacing. Um Again, we'll, we'll we'll get onto that a bit more. So, so you said your favourite dungeon was dungeon was the Tower of the Gods. Um, any least favourite dungeons? Forest Temple, I think. Yeah, me too. I just, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't enjoy it. And you said to me the other day that it felt like the most Zeldery of the temples. Like it was the Forest Temple, which yeah, I was really enjoying this playthrough up until the Forest Temple. I got to the Forest. Well, I got to. I call it the Forest Temple. It's the Forest Haven, isn't it? Um, and uh, or is it Forsaken or something 
so the woods are a separate thing from the forest haven but anyway i got i got there and i thought uh this is where it starts to go off the rails and it you complete that temple and it's okay and the tower of the gods is very good um i think that's a very good temple there but then after that I don't know it just it, it felt like a bit of a chore to me um and i didn't expect it to feel as much of a chore as i did um but it did it sounds um, like fortunately you felt playing those this game and the low the low points it feels like you got the feeling of how i feel playing most zelda games yeah probably it, like it's it's a slog and you just think it just felt longer than it needed to be yeah that's it i mean you know, you, you've you've given me the challenge so far for, for the Zelda games to complete all of them, and you know I, I have done. But this was probably the most tedious one, uh, which well, that's surprised why Majora's, me. Majora's Mask is short and very very sweet, mm. and I love it for that. Four, four four dungeons, and does it lose anything from having four dungeons? No, I don't think so. Because there's so much okay. side content in Majora's Mask. I mean, Ocarina of Time gets a pass because it's Ocarina of Time and everyone loves Ocarina of Time. Personally, I think there are too many dungeons in Ocarina, to be honest with you. but I do, in hindsight. I think, like, four or five dungeons, perfect. But I say that four or five dungeons, maybe even three or four dungeons, but without a three or four hour padding session of doing a fetch quest for pieces of a Triforce, because that sucked. Yeah. Quality over quantity any day. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting when we get to um, to Twilight Princess because I think Twilight Princess has some of the strongest dungeons in any Zelda game. And I think for me that's what really elevates it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what you think when we get there. Mm. But uh, anything else that you want to know about the design of the dungeons or just generally the design? I I I think it just sticks in with my, my my thoughts on the design overall of the aesthetic of this game. I think it's the best looking Zelda game, and I agree with what you said at the start that this game has aged very well in terms of its look and also its sound. Um, the music in this game is fantastic, and probably probably the best that the music's been in the series so far. But Majora's Mask wins for having the most memorable soundtrack. I think. But I, I don't know. I, I just really like the art style of this game. And even on the GameCube version, of, like I watched footage um, before recording this, the GameCube version still looks like it stands up as well. And that's the thing with yeah. cel-shaded games. They, they stand the test of time a lot better than games that aim to look realistic because they don't age in terms of the... the, the, the capabilities of the machines at the time or whatever, like... Majora's Mask still looks fantastic, whereas even with the 3D remake of Ocarina and Majora's Mask, they still look like old games, you know? Yeah. Um, one area I think is taking a step back is... Uh, and maybe Majora's Mask is just a bit of an outlier in this respect, is with the side quests and with... One of the things I love about Majora's Mask is you get to know every town's person. Yeah. And you don't in Ocarina of Time, and you don't in Wind Waker. I mean, I didn't have a clue who these people were. There are a couple of memorable ones. Um, Your best friend, Tingle. Tingle makes a return, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, one of, that was one of the things that I find most satisfying about Majora's Mask, and I, I felt it was missing uh, some stuff here. I mean, there aren't that many major side quests. There are odd activities that you can do um there are some side quests in there that kind of uh, deviate into collectathons there's uh there's i don't know if you you dabbled with this but there's the one where you, you can take photographs of residents yeah and you can turn them into models figurines and you can place them around windfall island um there's also the one where uh, the koroks have taken the deku tree seeds and you have to get the water from the Forest Haven and water them. I mean, they both deviate into one a collectathon, the other one a, a, a weird sort of fetch quest. A watering um, plantathon. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the official name. Um, yeah, so I just feel like it took a bit of a step back there, and I, I wanted more. And I think that was one of the things that I found disappointing at the time. Um, okay, on to a more positive aspect. You've you've touched on it briefly. Um, anything else you want to add about the visuals and the audio? I, I think I've said it really. The, the the one thought that I've just had while we've been talking is I've mentioned before that I've not played Breath of the Wild yet. I've got it on my Switch, but I've I've never booted it up. And from what I know of that game, I get the feeling or I get the impression that this Wind Waker is a bit of a forerunner to, to Breath of the Wild. Obviously, Breath of the Wild has less C, I think. But it feels like with how open this game is with anywhere that you could go even though there are some limits at the start of the game it feels like the the prerequisite of an open world game like a large scale open world game but it isn't quite there yet what what would you say to that i think the biggest um the biggest i suppose lead into i'm trying to find the right words uh, it's not working very well so the biggest lead into breath of the wild that i think exists is um zelda one um tough as nails as it was it was a very open-ended game where you could tackle it, the dungeons in any order yeah you could go anywhere on the map that's what breath of the wild is it's the modern day 3d version of that i can see what you're saying with wind waker i think it's a step in that direction yeah but it's not but quite there yet they kind of did that in the first Zelda, just obviously it's a very, very old game. Um, they kind of borrowed that design philosophy and applied it to Breath of the Wild and they added in all the things that kind of made it made it a rounded game. Um, that's what I see it as anyway. Um, so for me, I think the audio is very good and it, it takes, I mean, the audio in these games is always great and it takes the Zelda formula for music. It adds a bit more of a joyous um, yeah. kind of feel to it and different instruments are used and it, it's, it feels a bit more fanfare and yeah, it's there's some really good music here. There's the fan favourite for Dragon Roost Island and um, there's the main Wind Waker theme, which is very, very good, very catchy. Um, I like the music that plays when you're another... sailing as well and the music that plays when yeah. you're fighting. Oh yeah, that's very good as well. I mean, it's just a very yeah. As as all of these games are not necessarily my favourite Zelda game. I like the dark uh, themes in Majora's Mask, but it it's up there with all of them. It's certainly not a step back. Um, and and visually, I one of the first things I said to you when I started was, it's unbelievable how well this game has aged visually. Yeah, it it looks when you're out in Windfall Island when you're out on the seas. It looks amazing. Um, nothing you can't understate how right they got that art style, that art direction, and there are times when it does not look like it's aged a day. There are some times when the lighting's not quite right and it does look a bit maybe in darker spaces. But yeah, when you're outside in daylight, it looks amazing, and yeah. Uh, the animation is right on point and the facial animations and the the injection of humour and personality into the characters specifically Link, all great. Um, it, it completely, it's one of the strongest points of the game, the audio and the visuals and they kind of set a bar which the game can't quite live up to in my opinion. Um, I know that a lot of people love Wind Waker so uh, it's just a different style of game for different people, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I feel it, like it feels like a softer quite... entrance to the series for people. Yeah, and and I feel like we've been quite negative, but I don't think that necessarily encompasses all that we feel about this game. To me, it's a real mixed bag of positives and negatives, and um, maybe we haven't uh, focused on the positives as much, which is a shame. Um, okay. We've kind of alluded to this throughout the episode. Now, there are, uh, I think, A.G. Anuma, who is the Zelda producer, has hinted at this, that there were two dungeons, possibly more, cut from Wind Waker before release. And 
when the HD remaster came out, lots of fans said, are you going to be restoring those two dungeons into the game to make it, I suppose, the complete experience? And he said, uh, we can't do that. He said, the reason we can't do that is because those dungeons that would have been in the game were retooled and used in other Zelda games. Uh. And you've played them elsewhere, whether you've known that they were originally yeah. Wind Waker dungeons or not. Um, we can't put them back in. Um, I thought that's really interesting. And there's the events in, the, like I said, the third, um, the third pearl that you pick up, or, or jewel or whatever it is. You're just giving it, and it feels really weird. Not right. Yeah. <laughs> It just it's so strange. It's so goes against everything that you come to expect from Zelda, and you're just giving it without a fight, without a challenge. Um, yeah, and it just doesn't feel quite right. And then there are some rumors that there were there were some uh, dungeons possibly later in the game as well that were cut um, because it does feel odd. You do these two dungeons, the Wind Temple and the uh, Earth Temple, to restore the power to the Master Sword. Why two? It just seems like yeah. Where was the third? There. <laughs> yeah, or or I mean, in Ocarina of Time, there were six of them. So mm. some something's missing around there. I feel. Um, so so my question is about cut content in games. Now, are there any other uh, games that come to your mind that notably were missing elements? And uh, what were they, and how do you think it impacted the games? Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. <laughs> Glad you said that because that was on my list. Yeah, that's the first one that springs to my head, and I think that all of that comes from Kojima and Konami falling out. And you know, I've seen cutscenes from Act Three that were seventy-five percent done, but weren't implemented into the game, and because it was cut it makes the Phantom Pain feel like a very incomplete mess, in my opinion, and that's someone that loves the series. So the Phantom Pain, a billion percent. That's the yeah. main one that comes to my mind now. There might be others, though, but you, you go ahead. So I, I had Phantom Pain as well. Um, it's a real shame to me that that act was cut. Um, um, maybe it wouldn't have made it a more well-rounded game. Maybe, maybe it would. I don't know. You never know with these things. Um, but the, the the other game that came to mind is actually a game that's on my personal list that we will be playing um, after the top one hundred as one of my picks, which is a game called Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines. And when Half Life Two came out, there was another game running on the same engine that was released at a very similar time. That was this game and basically a lot of the game was finished but it was also rushed out the door mm. um, towards the end so there are there are unfinished aspects and missing bits and lots of cut content that actually um, the the community restored in the game so the game as it is now is kind of as close to complete as it'll ever be there is st there's still some stuff missing because it was never finished but um, the community has done a great job on that game. So one of the requirements when we come to play that will be to download the patches and uh, the mods just to make it into the closest that it would be to a complete game. Um, that's one that really stood out to me because it was it was such... I, I honestly think it's a, it's a brilliant game and I think it would have been much better received if it had been finished upon release. But because it wasn't, it's kind of got this, oh, it was such a, a promising game and then it just went off the rails. Um, so it could have been a very different story around that game had it released in its complete state. Another one that comes to mind is um, we've played the uh, original game for this list, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Yeah, I've heard that's got cut content towards the end, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> apparently they cut the ending on that one, so uh, <laughs> that, that's good. Yeah, so that's another one that just comes to my mind. Any more that comes to your mind? Well, I know that Mass Effect 3, that there was something to do with the ending or something, wasn't there, with Mass Effect 3? Yeah, there was definitely some cut content in Mass Effect 3. 
so you've got Mass Effect 3, um, obviously MGS5, and then you've also got the, even though it isn't a major, but the, the cut stuff from GoldenEye with the, the the different bonds in the multiplayer where they couldn't get the rights to them. I think we mentioned it in the GoldenEye episode. Yeah. Um, which yeah. would, I mean, the, the multiplayer in GoldenEye is still fantastic anyway, but it would have been cool to have... It's such a shame, though. I'd have loved... Yeah, Connery. I mean, it's every Bond fan's dream to play as the different bonds. Yeah, everyone gets to play as their favourite. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that come to my mind, I think. And how do you think it can affect a game? Um, for example, Wind Waker... I mean, you 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 mentioned this earlier, uh, and which is that something was not quite right, uh, and I just it'd be great. I'd be probably not going to be able to do it, but I'd love to get to the bottom of what it is because it's. I find it really interesting. I think it's. I don't know. I, th- I think it's maybe unmet expectations. I. Like okay. I said, I I really wanted to like this game more than the other two, just because of everything I've seen from it in the past, and I've played a bit of it in the past, and like with all Zelda games, I did fall off the boat with it, pardon the pun, but <laughs> I think that I just ex I I I just expected more from it, and whether that is more normal Zelda content or more story or just more less fluff I think that's something that bugs me in games is just fluff for fluff's sake if I'd played this game 15 years ago 20 years ago and I was a big fan of the Zelda games and I would have probably loved it and I would probably still love it today but and we've mentioned this a few times you and me always talk about how busy we are and you've got a bit more patience for games than I have in terms of how much time you'll sink into it if you think it's good. Whereas if I feel like my time's being wasted and I'm not progressing, then I'll start to lose interest, which isn't a bad word on the the game itself. It's the fact that I'm now an adult that's 30 and doesn't have that much time to, to, to game, unfortunately. But it really feels like with with Wind Waker they just got rid of something that made it or could have made it a really top tier Zelda game. And without that, it really drops it down. I I, I don't know if that makes sense. And it's really hard to kind of vocalize what I mean, but there's just something that isn't here in this game. That's in the other two. Maybe when we play some of the future Zelda games, it will become apparent. Maybe, maybe, Given a bit of time and distance from the game, you may, you might be able to put your finger on it. Yeah, perhaps. It, it is interesting because, uh, yeah, I, I just find it interesting. I didn't know how you were going to react to Wind Waker. I I did have a feeling that it wouldn't be quite up to where you thought it would be, and just knowing how padded it is in the back half, um, I knew that you wouldn't enjoy that. Um, Okay, now on to the very difficult question. And and this is going to be a very difficult question. When, when um, before we started recording, obviously before we started recording, but when we were playing this game, I said to you, the HD remaster fixes a lot of things. But beforehand, I would not have put Wind Waker on the list. And the question for me was, would the game just make its way into the list towards the end? And that's still the question that I'm posing to myself. And I don't, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't necessarily have an answer, but I'm going to try and come to an answer um, when I talk about this. But I'm going to ask you first um, Does Wind Waker deserve to be on the Metacritic Top 100 list? And if so, where does it deserve to be? I, re- I really wish that I could say it does, but I just don't think so. And that's coming from someone that isn't a Zelda fan. I thought Ocarina of Time was all right when we played it. I really enjoyed Majora's Mask and Link to the Past is kind of a thing on on of its own. But for me, it misses the mark and I don't know how I'm going to feel about Twilight Princess. I'm going into that pretty negatively because I've never liked the look of it anyway. 
I'll try and obviously keep open when we do play it. But yeah, it just it it doesn't deserve to be here. It's a really charming game and it's very sweet and it's very welcoming, but that's all it seems to it seems to be a lot of a lot of performance without any kind of what's the word I'm looking for but basically it's all show you know yeah and th- yeah. Th- there isn't yeah. much behind the mask is my thoughts on it so no I'd, I'd say probably not which I'm I'm gutted to say because I did really want this game to be there yeah. for me what, what, what do you reckon what are your thoughts I how long how long did this game take you to complete uh, approximately about I don't know 18 to 20 hours perhaps yeah I think that's about right I was going to say it took me to complete the HD version 15 to 20 hours and I'm, I think you cut 6-7 hours of that which I think you could quite easily cut and you've probably got a very good game um, without the fluff and a game that kind of feels like it respects your time a bit more mm. That being said, I still, it would take some convincing for me to say the dungeons are some of the best in Zelda, best in class. Um, I think they're not. And the only one I think stands up is uh, the Temple of the Gods. And I think um, the Wind Temple is also pretty good, Um, but probably the rest... I could just, yeah, I just, I will probably forget about them again within a couple of years. And I will probably play this game again. Um, but I probably won't remember the dungeons. So, what you end up with is a game that opens incredibly strongly. It's got such a good opening. Not just that opening cutscene, but the whole beginning act is kind of um, a promise of what the game should have been. And even, uh, I will go as far as saying up until the halfway mark, um, it sort of delivers on that. And then it just cannot maintain that pace. And that troubled development starts to rear its head in the back half. And what we have, what we're left with, is a game that really is beautiful to behold that is really nice to listen to and has a very, very, very strong first half, but a second half that... Pulls it down. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably struggle to say the second half would be over average Mm. because it, it really feels like it claws it back. And... So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with my gut. I I would have said before that it does not deserve to be on the list. And I think I'm going to say again, it does not deserve to be on the list. I'd say it probably just misses the list. Uh, maybe if I was being generous on a good day, it makes the, the sort of the end of the list. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see when we come to do our rankings of these games, as we did with the first half, how we rank this game. Because I kind of know how I'd rank it as well. Um yeah, so I'm going to say if it's on the list, it would be very, very late on. Um, but probably for me, it would just miss the list um, and be left off. That's fair enough. It's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I finally played it. Ones. Yeah, and we've had a couple of weeks of games that we weren't necess- that weren't necessarily for us. But I feel like we've had an interesting conversation about this one. And we had strong feelings about it, whether they were positive or negative, whether they aligned with other people's or not. I know that this game is, like I said, some people's favourite game ever. Yeah. And and I, th- I think that's fair enough. It's just this one didn't quite... M- maybe I just played it a little bit too late um, in terms of my adult life maybe and if I'd have played it a bit earlier on I'd have liked it more but yeah I, I think it I, I I think it was an interesting time and I'm, I'm glad that I've played it I, I'll say that yeah okay 
Um, what have we got coming up on the uh, long and short of it? So next time we're going to um, we're going back to a fighting game. Uh, it's not not quite Tekken and it's not Soul Calibur. We're playing Virtual Fighter Four, which I'm I've not started playing again yet. I need to find a way to emulate it. But it was actually the very first game that I ever owned and played on the PS2. So I've not played it since I was a, a small boy. So I'm looking forward to going back to it. And I know that you've uh, you've played a little bit of it already. Yeah. So yeah, it should be a good one, and that will be next week. But in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, we are the Long Short of It podcast at hotmail.com. We're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the usual. And yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say for today. It's um, I, I've enjoyed talking about this game and I've enjoyed this episode. It's a bit of a bit yeah. of an odd one. but um, I've, been, I've enjoyed thinking about this game and, and trying to work out, uh, as you were, what yeah what it is and yeah and and they're always the best ones they always make the best episodes yeah exactly so yeah that was wind waker um anything else from you for today no that's it from me excellent well we will see you next week for virtual fighter 4 and in the meantime take care cheerio see you on the next one